Learning should be Lel Nishwas Gitel Peril Bas Pitzalo Dafchafhe Amid Aleph here in the Hollywood Stiebel. The end of the first line of Chafhe Amid Aleph. The Amr Rav Huna. Rav Huna teaches us. Shachach v'nichnas b'tfilin l'beisa kisei. Somebody who walks into the restroom, the bathroom, uh, with his tefillin on. M'niach yadeh aleim ad sheyigmar. So he keeps his tefillin on. He has nowhere to put them. He's in the beisa kisei. He's in the bathroom. He can keep them on, and he covers the tefillin until he finishes performing his necessary bodily functions, relieving himself. <coughs> Until his body finishes performing the first amount of relief that it can, and then the person stops relieving themselves and go, and leaves the bathroom. Says the Gemara of Alta, what type of craziness is this? You're in the bathroom with your tefillin on, and you realize you're still wearing your tefillin. Isn't one required to immediately hold themselves back from defecating and exit the bathroom, take off your tefillin, and then go back in? Says the Gemara, Mishumder Bshim Ben Gamliel, Chafeim Ralf, 25a, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 lines from the top. Shouldn't they leave immediately? Says the Gemara. You not so simple. If somebody is trying to relieve themselves and defecate, and they don't allow what needs to happen to happen, they don't allow the refuse to come out. Maybe it's suddenly they It brings a person to this illness called hadraikun. Uh, what's uh, Hadraiken? I'm not the medical one over here, but but no, but I think it's worse than that. I think it's a serious. So it causes the stomach to swell. I, right, there must be a real term for the illness that it brings you. Silon uh, Silon If somebody doesn't urinate. Yarkon. Yarkon is the color, a yellowish, greenish color, which would be uh, jaundice, right? That would be jaundice. Itmar. Tsaya Abasarai Ayadai Munechas Bebesakise. So the Gemara asks us the following case. If a person has excrement, something dirty, on their skin, or they are standing outside the bathroom somehow, but their hand is inside the bathroom, is inside the base akise, assuming there's a wall separating, so they're not, for tefillah purposes, where they are standing is fine. You have to know also, we already are gonna, we're going to get more into it, but the, there's also a problem with recha, with the odor. So we're assuming that with their standing would be completely fine for them to daven where tefillin say kriyashma. All those shilas are now going to come into play, but their hand is inside the base akise. Ravuna Amar Motelikers kriyashma. Ravuna says that presents no problem. We go. We we look at where the body is located. Rav Chizda Amar also likers kriyashma. Rav Chizda says in fact that it's prohibited. Amar Rava, my time to Ravuna. Ravuna said what? 
right? Rav is the one who said that you look at where the body is, not where the hand is. He seems to be more lenient. And he says, I have a pasuk which supports my opinion. The neshama, which Rashi explains, the first narrow line of Rashi on the right-hand margin, the mouth, the nose, is part of what praises Hashem. So if your face is outside of the bathroom and is able to praise Hashem as in a halakhically valid place, to praise Hashem. So then you're good to go. We don't care where your hand is. Rev Chizda Amar. Also, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting Shaila. I mean, at the end of the day, first of all, we're assuming the hand not with the tefillin on. Right? If you, that's, that, that for sure has to be that. It can't be the hand with your tefillin on. And even if it's the hand without your tefillin on, but that means that's the hand that you raise for Krishna, Right? Let's assume I'm a righty. My tefillin are on my left hand. So certainly at the moment that I'm reciting Pasuk Rishon Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Echad, none of my hands are in the bathroom. So that's, the, for the first Pasuk, my hands are in the bathroom. Now you want to say I'm sticking my hand back in to the bathroom. Let's say it's zero degrees out and you have no gloves. And uh, you, I don't know, you, the, the bathroom is heated. I don't know what the hypothetical case is. But it's just, it's still an interesting shaila. Even if you have a pasuk that tells me, kol neshama ta'alaka aluka, that the, the, the praise of davening comes from the neshama and those body parts which we associate specifically with the neshama, the breathing parts of a person. But uh, it, it's, uh, it's just hard, hard to understand. What does a lefty do by shema? I, I, I never even thought of this. What does a lefty do by shema? He's wearing tefillin in his right hand, right? A lefty, he, he puts his right hand also. Okay, so then maybe that's a better scenario where you have a lefty who's tefillin, wears his tefillin on his right hand. He has his left hand in the base of say the whole time. And that's the shaila of whether by, I could be Yotzah Kriya Shema with my hand in the bathroom. Could, it could be. Rav Chizda Amar, Rav Chizda, what does he do with the Pasuk? How, where's his makar? Where's his source? He says the Gemara, three lines before they get wide, Chafeim and Alf. Also, licorice Krishma, it's forbidden. My time to All my bones praise Hashem and say, Who is like Hashem? I had a wedding of one of my cousins a couple of years ago. My grandfather was about 90 at the time, and he asked for the microphone in between the dances. Now, we don't give 90 year old Zaydis microphones at weddings where there's Mukhatan and present. That's like usually what we don't do. But he demanded the microphone. And he said, when he walked down the chuppah by this uh, to get grandchild's wedding, he says, That was my kolatz moise taimarna. The Nazis put me in concentration camps. And now all my, with all my bones, I rejoice and praise Hashem as I walk down the chuppah with all these bones that they tried to break. This is my praise of Kalatz Moisei Teman. So it wasn't a bad speech. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh... You didn't talk about the Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know... you were going a very different direction. But, uh, right, okay. But I was just referring to that part where I've heard that reference of that Pasuk. It's a very powerful Pasuk. Itmar. Itmar, first wide line. A person's in a place 
where there's a fending odor, which actually comes from a physical, uh, subst- visible substance. What is the halacha with davening? With Kriyashima. Rav Huna, Rav Huna says, now Rav Huna was the makel of the machmir in the previous Gemara. Was he the lenient one or the more strict one, right? Lenient. He was more lenient, okay? Rav Huna, Amar, Dal, let's see if that lines up. Marchik Dalad Amas, he walks a distance of four amas, six or eight feet, and he says, Shema. Rav Chizdamer, it's not enough to distance yourself four amas from the actual source of the offending odor, but rather a person has to walk four amas from where the smell stops. So it could be a much greater distance than from the the, the actual odor. But how, is this, how is it different than the previous um, the previous uh, plot? Which we already talked about. I'm going through an alley. So it's on the ground. I'm going through the alley. Yeah. Um, so... No, Rashi says it's... it's, it's, it's first of all, well, I, we're, right, we're going to get to... But we we were talking over there. We already... Uh, we um, you said about walking to the side or what, walking forward, walking backwards. Uh, we, did we mention Saya? Did we mention the actual... I was talking about human excrement because now the Gemara is going to give... What? We said Metunafais. I'm looking where... Yeah, where we said Saya. And we're also going to bring much more sure scenarios. Um, it's frozen Saya. The thing no, itself smell. is... No uh, right, the thing itself is okay. what's the problem. Maybe the here... This is about smell. Here the seems to be... Yeah. I don't want to say it's just smelly. about smell because we're going to see there's a lot of different scenarios that Gamora is going to come into. But it has to do with not right, with excrement outside the base of Kisei. I think that's uh, going to be the majority of the cases. Um... But it is in the continuing theme, and it's uh, and it's also different. Yeah, it, it, I don't think we mentioned saya previously. Saya is both more offending, uh, you know, excrement, and it's also a very strong smell. But it's interesting. So Rav Chizda is the machmir over here, right? Rav Chizda is the one who says that uh, you need four amas from where the smell stops. Tanya kavsed Rav Chizda. We found a brisa to support the opinion of Rav Chizda. What does the brisa say? The following are all things that you cannot say Kriyashma next to. Tsayas uh, Adam, human refuse, that of a dog waste, Chazirim from a pig. And Tanagailam from a rooster, and Tzayas Ashba, Sherekharan. Now, Tzayas Ashba, it would mean uh, from the garbage dump. So, all those are problematic in the smell that they produce. If there, there is a pedestal there, and uh, it's, it's, it's a separation of ten Tvachim, which is like a machitza, you can go make sure you have that machitza of ten tefachim, that that uh, height differential, and reach shema. Walk away from where you can't see it anymore, and you can say shema. The chain lit and the same thing for shemaynes. Right, there's no difference here. That's a pre- the whole previous sugya. We were differentiating the whole time between the two. Reach Rashi 
if there's actual substance on the ground, Makam Dalad Amos, this sounds very much like like Rav Chizda. Makam HaReach, V'Kayur Kriyashima. So we have a fantastic support from the last line of the Brisa to the opinion of Rav Chizda. Except, Rava says, Amarava, in fact, says Rava, good, you found me a brisa. Not every brisa, not every Taniyatic source is going to trickle down to halacha. Rav Hunra and Rav Chizda Amaran, they're arguing halacha lamaisa. They're trying to determine what the Masaira will be, what the halacha should be. And their source can't be from a brisa, which we, Rava says, we already determined is not halacha lamaisa. But I'll bring you another Bryce, an alternative source. The Tanya, a person cannot say Shema next to these uh, items of which cause a tremendous uh, smell. But why would somebody have Tzayus Klavim or Chazirim lying around, right? That's the first question you have to ask yourself. Why would you have these animal waste lying around? So the answer is they used to use it as a, like a chemical to process uh, leather to soften it or to be able to shape it, shine and make it shine. I don't know, one of the processes. So uh, if there was, if there was, um, so, so the Gemara says, if there's iris, if there's uh, hides there, that they're middle of processing, then that presents a problem. So that brisa we never refuted, right? Rav is telling us that that brisa is actually a good support for Ephrizda because we don't have a halachic conflict with that brisa. Boy, me name of Sheshis. They ask of Sheshis as follows. Reach ra she'en loy ikr mahu. You have a smell, but there's uh, no, um, you don't know what's causing it. it it's, it's, it's like passing gas. It's not, there's no visible cause for it. Is that any different? You have the students who were learning, and some were sleeping, and uh, I guess they used to sleep in the base medrash, right? On the carpeting or on the benches. And uh, there's a great story with Rav Shach that uh, somebody brought him a carpet to learn when he was a bacher, to, to like wrap himself up in, and that's the only way he was able to survive. And uh, so uh, the, some Talmudim were sleeping, and some Talmudim were learning. Some Talmudim started learning maybe with Dafyaimi at 6 o'clock in the morning, and some were up learning uh, Kadshim till 2 in the morning. So you have different schedules, so some people are going to be tired at different times. So they went to sleep in the base Medrash. So we see that it's mutter, because when you have people who are sleeping, inevitably there's going to be a reach ra, there's going to be the odor of passing gas. And they still were able to learn. But that was for learning. And this, this, that goes back to the rule we said in the beginning, that it is common to have a separate base knesses from a base medrash. Even though today people learn where they daven, but it could be that they had, uh, the Talmidim had learned in the base Madrash and davened in the base Knesset. They didn't necessarily daven in the same place. So it's not a riot, the fact that they were there the whole day. Maybe they went out for davening. Or everybody was up for davening. If a person, if there are people in the room who are creating an unpleasant odor, 
then we said that it's more to the Lord. But if somebody themselves is the source for that gas, for that odor, then they have to wait for it to pass before they can resume even learning. Says the Gemara, itmar, but two dots, almost halfway down, So, as we may or may not know, that before we had indoor plumbing, somebody had to remove, physically remove the chamber pots and physically remove the, uh, the, the, the human waste that was left inside the house. As they claim, they say, right, that the... Was it Queen Victoria who said that the, the indoor plumbing is going to put the perfume industry out of business? Because it used to be that people, the servants were constantly carrying chamber pots outside the palace and they had people spraying perfume around to mask the odor. Tsaya um, the, uh What's the halacha with that? What halacha challenges does that present? Abaya says, Mutalikus Kriyashima that it's permissible to recite Shema even though somebody just walked by with a foul-smelling uh, odor. Rav Amar Rava says, in fact, that that's also a problem. So this Gemara is not about Kavana, right? This Gemara is all about covered for the Tefillah and the person's ability to daven in a place where it's a praise to Hashem and not an abomination. Where's my source? The Tanan as follows. Hatame is a great raya, says Abaya. Hatame, if somebody is unpure, and they're underneath a tree. And we know that you, a tree could serve as a bridge for Tuma, that other things which are under that Tuma, it's like an oil if you're under the same tree. But and somebody who's tar walks underneath that tree, passes by. The person who's Tame, 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 Vatar, Iver, Tame. That tar now becomes Tame because he went through an aisle, like a, a tree which has a tuma underneath it. Now, what was moving, what was stationary, and what was moving here? The Tame was stationary, right? Mm-hmm. And the tar was passing. Now, let's see another case. Tar the tar is stationary, but Tame and the Tuma, the person who's impure, passes by. Tar, the tar person who's stationary under the tree, stays pure. Bim Ahmad, and if the person who's Tame, who was passing, pauses and stops, then Tame. And so too, the same thing. With any uh, with something that is, is, is he that he touches, so it's only if he's standing still that you become that it becomes that. So we exactly so we see that somebody is, if tuma is passing by, you don't become tummy. it doesn't create the tuma. So Abaya said, I want to apply the same circumstance to my uh, to my case. Even even Abaya would agree that while it's physically passing by, well, it would be absurd to say kriyashma, right? You would probably have to pause while it's physically in motion near you, right? It's, it's only the, the it's the residual it's the impact the residual tuma that the person uh, had afterwards. So I'm going to quote a Rashi. Rashi says mutter likrais. I believe is going on this case. Ain't tarach lahafsek. Ain't tarach lahafsek. He's in the middle of saying shema. Mutter likrais means mutter lachatchila. 
that if I started Shema, maybe you can't start Shema. If that's what you're asking me, then I hear that. But Mutter the Christ, Rashi says, that somebody walks by with a Reach Ra, since it's a very. Abaya holds that his case is the. What? Yeah, that's the Kiddush. And, and that's Mamash, the case of the Matsura, of the Tameh, who's passing by. Abayah is just like somebody who's unpure, who under normal circumstances, you would be in the same room as him if you were both under the same canopy of a tree. And you would be considered Tameh. But you have this... Uh, Ah, uh, uh, okay. So uh, you're ready asking the Gemara, Rava. You said you're on Rava's team, basically. Rava Amalach Hasam Bekvias Talia Milsa the Ksev Bodid Yoshim Mechutz L'Machan and Moishvay Hacha V'Haya Machanek Kadosh Amar Leka says Rava Thomas Mitzera by somebody who's an outcast because of his Saras because of his Chatoim. <laughs> so it's specifically mentioned in the pasuk. That it's Yashav and Moishavai, his place of dwelling, which is considered the what makes his surroundings unapproachable, uh, impure. Whereas by when it comes to davening, there's a requirement. Your tent shall be holy. When it's a smelly place, when people are walking through with uh, human waste, that's not Hayamachanecha uh, Kadesh. That's not a holy place. So you're asking, according to uh, the end of the day, even Abaye, it's 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 a, it's a big leap, right? It's a big leap, even for Abaye, to make this comparison. One is a very practical thing. If there's an unpleasant smell, there's an unpleasant smell. What room, wiggle room do we have over here? You're telling me you're going to compare from Mitzrayim. The laws of Tuma and Tahira are very finicky. They're very there's a lot of nuances to the laws of purity and a lot of psukim. It has nothing to do with how close you feel from the matzara. You know, we're not talking about little kids who, if they don't like something, they'll say, it's, uh, you know, it's too close to me. The matzara, the fact that we don't let them come approach us is nothing to do with how we feel about the matzara. It has to do with what the Torah says about the matzara. Whereas the tzaya, the smell, the hayimachanecha kadesh, I understand, Rabbi has a pasuk, hayimachanecha kadesh, but even Abaye agrees that if it's an unpleasant smell, what should, why should there be a distinction whether the smell is passing through or stationary? Um, See, maybe that's, maybe that's, we have to understand it differently. It's not about the fact that I'm offended by the smell. It's about the fact that there is a smell there. That's a rubber's title, but what's that? So how does a buyer, how could a buyer answer that? I, what's, how could he possibly answer that? Because you smell it. He's saying the opposite. He's saying not like that. So what's the distinction between one one is where one is where the smell itself is a is a is a physical thing. I know you said that it's not, but I think that's that's the that's the chiddush that it's a physical thing. The fact that you can smell it means that it is there, similar to the mitzvah who's passing under the tree. But that's not that physical thing. Let's let's assume that that reichara. You want to say the gemara says reichara sheimboy iker that it has no substance. What we mean is there's no source. The source doesn't have substance. The actual smell is though a entity. Right. But 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 um, but the problem is that I'm still trying to understand. So why would Abaye? Abaye is telling me that if it's passing, it's different than if it's stationary. At the end of the day, I don't care where the smell is coming from and where the person who's carrying the smelly thing is going or stopping. I care. Does it affect my? Do I smell it or not? Right? Shouldn't that be the only thing that matters? I think that's that's as good as that doesn't matter. Right, okay, that, it's it's not you're not giving me a it's shot in Abaye. It's not about... You tell me Abaye, it's not a huge chiddush. It's not a big chiddush I can't understand. I want to say a shot. 
I want to say that when uh, it's a mitziyistik of shah, and maybe it, it's a little bit attached to what you're saying, is that if a s- odor is passing through, so it doesn't seep into anything, but you have something which causes an odor, and the odor, and then you take it away, the materials that are there do absorb some of that smell for a while, till you wash it off. So odor does have a physical substance to it, in that it lingers. Somebody throws up in a car, and then you clean up all the throw up, you still have that odor there that you have to clean out. Amr of Papa, says the Gemara. Don't worry, the conversation continues here in the Gemara. Plenty to discuss about unpleasant odors. Amr of Papa. Pi chazir, the mouth of a pig which is always digging around in the dirt and in the garbage dumps. Kitsaya iberes dami. Is not considered to have its own smelly substance, but rather it's lenient according to Abaye. It's like a passing odor. Says the Gemara Pshita. Isn't it, uh, isn't it obvious to us, I guess those who had pigs, wild hogs, wild pigs running around, that the chazir and the pigs lived in the garbage dumps, and it was the same smell as the ashpa. Now there's a slight distinction. Even if it just came out of a river, where you would think that it's, uh, it cleaned itself off, still we consider it like a tzoya iveris, and according to Rabbi, it would be also to say kriyashma. I'm Rabbi Huda. What about a Suffolk tsaya? What about if you're not sure if there's tsaya there? Now this goes back to the hard, it's hard to understand our Gemara a little bit. What does that mean, a Suffolk tsaya? If you smell it, then there's no Suffolk. Then, uh, the, 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 uh, are you telling me because you don't see it? What's the Suffolk? Because I don't smell it or because I don't see it? I, there's, 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 you're telling me that I'm not sure whether there's something foul here that's making me not able to daven. So there's Gemara Asura. Suffolk may regline. If it's a suffolk, whether there is urine there, mutarim. That suffolk doesn't answer. Ikadamri, others say, I'm Rabbi Huda. Suffolk, soya, babayas. It depends where the question is. Suffolk, soya, babayas. If you're not sure if there's soya in the house, mutaris, ba'ashba, sura. But if it's in the garbage, that would make it a place where there was always unclean stuff, asura. Suffolk may regline. But if it's suffolk, may regline. I feel ba'ashba, nami, mutarim. So that, you could even say, if it's only a suffix of urine, which both smells less and gets absorbed into the ground easier, that would be mutter, if you have a doubt as to whether it's really there or not. You could argue where bathrooms are a suffix, so a suffix may blind, right? Could, uh, bathrooms are nothing. There's nothing left in there. You flush the toilet and there's no smell. It's a suffix. What's su- no, it's not a suffix. It's either you have it there or it's not. Okay. Okay. I think that's what you meant, right? Yeah. If there's any residual left, I hear. Not I, I, I could hear that. Okay, I could hear that. I could hear that. Uh, so he said, like Rav Hamnuna, the Amar Rav Hamnuna, lay asu Torah ela keneged Amud bil the Amar Hamnuna lay asu Torah ela keneged Amud bovad ukudir abyeinusin. What does this uh, 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 What does this mean? That first of all, we're now switching to to the rice over here, right? Like Asa Torah, just to point out that we're, we're talking about on a on a biblical level, not just a rabbinical restriction. Um, this that we said, you're not allowed to say if there's mayor line there. It's awesome in a Torah, uh, but only if there's uh, there's actually a amud uh, a, to- a toilet there. Could Rabbi Yainusin? I'm Rabbi Yainusin. Who could Rabbi Yainusin? What does Rabbi Yainusin say? 
Rami Ksev. He asked the following contradiction from Tupsukim. It says, Where's this Pasek? This Pasek is in Dvarim. You shall go outside of the Machana without Uksiv. Uh, the Pasek also says, this is going to be the next, the very next Pasek. I'll just, uh, I'll just read the whole Pasek, even though the Gemara skips. She'll put a peg there. And you shall cover up your, uh, your, your, your waist. So what's the contradiction over here? Um, the first Pasek doesn't say anything, right, about covering up Tzaya. That's not required. Second Pasek says you're required. Okay, it said, We see that the Torah itself is telling you that, some, uh, that in places where you're placing refuse, human waste, sometimes you have to cover it up, and sometimes you don't have to cover up. Obviously, if it's only uh, liquid, you, waste, then you don't have to cover it up. In Kedalim, you see that you would need. But once somebody pours out into the ground urine, then there's no more restriction about considering it to be your tent, which we said you have a requirement before davening to make sure that the place where you are fits the rules of that it's a holy place. Who the Obviously, this that we said that you can't say Kriyashma even by Meir Glayim is a only a uh, only a rabbinical decree. This is actually straight out of Tuma, right? This is a straight out of Tuma playbook. That any time there's a Suffolk Tuma, there's different rules when you have a doubt, and when you have a Suffolk Rabbanan Lukula, we say very often that you go most of the times a Suffolk Rabbanan. Is Lakula, but the Gemara doesn't say that over here. The Gemara doesn't say Suffolk Rabban Lakula. The Gemara says Loy Gozer. They didn't decree a, a prohibition. And that's what I'm saying. That it sounds to me more like it's a it's a little bit different. It's like a case of Tomatahira, where we find that they weren't Gozer Chumras, even though Tomatahira, you have a lot of it, is Chumra Drabanan. But Loy Gozer doesn't mean Suffolk Rabban Lakula. For that, I didn't need a whole Torah with Rabbi Yainusin, with Stiras, with Rias, that uh, if there's a, a question of whether Meir exists there or not, that there are, the rabbis were lenient since it's only a rabbinical law. The fact that Gemara says Suffolk Rabban Lakazar means to tell you that it's, uh, it's slightly different than a regular case. I don't know, maybe that's my, uh, that's my uh, Chiddush, but uh, it's, it's more that. The Chacham are the ones who created this restriction. They didn't create the restriction in all areas when there's a question of whether there's urine on the ground and a person wants to say Shema, they are able to say Shema. Let's say they know for sure that there is uh, uh, <coughs> urine on the ground. How much is it that prevents you from saying Shema? Am Rabbi Calls man shemat pichin as long as it's flowing, trickling, as long as it's uh, going, traveling. Any time that it's enough that it can move, that's already considered a place where you cannot say shema. 
Geneva Mishmei the Rav. Everybody should just be happy. The parents didn't name them Geneva, Geneva, right? Geneva is the name. Mishmei the Rav. I'm a cause mancher nicker. Even after it's no longer puddle, pile, uh, a puddle on the ground or it's no longer traveling, but uh, as long as it's still recognizable that somebody relieved themselves there, if somebody uh, urinated there, it's Asr. It's forbidden to say Shema. I'm Rabbi Yosef. Shari le Mara le Geneva. Impossible for me to believe that, uh, that that's true, that Geneva is telling us something that he really heard. Hashtet sayam rabbi yudam rav kivin shakayim apunam mutter. Even if there's defecation on the floor, once it's already hardened, it's a, it becomes mutter to say kriyashma. We assume that's just not having the same impact on the smell and on the kedusha of the area. Certainly urine, which is already absorbed into the ground, but you can still tell that it was there, is not going to be problematic. So now we have different uh, possibilities of what Rav really taught. And if you're going to go in that route, look at this. Look what Rav also taught us. Saya. If there's uh, defecation on the floor, I feel, or something like that, I feel even if it's hard, it's old, it's hard like pottery, a surah, it still presents a problem. What are we talking about? If it were to be moved, if it were to be thrown or blown away and it wouldn't fall apart, that means it's really hard, you know, hardened, it would still, uh, that would, uh, that would, Still present the problem. The Ekadamri others say, calls much a that as long as it rolls, the Ainafrakas and doesn't fall apart. Amravina have a kim the Kamedra of Yehuda. It's not saying that they roll it, it's just telling you that even it could be sitting there for, for days and yet um uh, and yet uh, it still has a status of tsaya. I've been subject to this uh halacha trying to make Kiddush Lavana in Manhattan growing up all my life. I grew up on the west side of Manhattan. And the people walk their dogs, and if there's no doorman to yell at them, then they just walk away from it sometimes. So you come out of shul and you want to make Kiddush Levana, and you have to find a place where there's no tsaya, you have to make sure that there's nothing there. And I saw that there was tsaya on the ground. So Ravina says, This is a story, we like stories, right, Judah? We liked uh, Amali. He said, check if it's hardened or not. Well, I mean, it's, you know, uh, okay. He says, check if it's, if it's, uh, if it's um, already has, uh, if it's crumbling. My have a lot. It might Listen, you know, this is, they, they didn't have plumbing. What is the halacha? So after all this discussion and all this back and forth, here we are on the first ultra-wide line of Chafei and Alf. And the Gemara says, Tachlis, what do we do? What's the bottom line? Because we have many different opinions of what Rav held, what stops you from saying Shema, and what doesn't stop you from saying Shema, even though you might have thought that it's, there's still something unholy on the ground. Itmar. He thought we would give you one opinion. No. It's Machlaikis. A Mamer says that if it's hard, like Kheris, it's still Asr. Mazutra is lenient. And Rabbi says that Allah is with Machmir. What about if there's only urine there? Calls Mashmatvik. And as long as it's still wet, it's still a problem. Mesve, so the Gemara asks, 
You mean to tell me that only if it's wet is it a problem, but if it's absorbed, it's not a problem. Wouldn't you tell me that it has to be so gone that, that there's no trace of it that is, you can't even tell that somebody relieved themselves there, but if it's still uh, recognizable on the ground, it would be a problem. Even though it's no longer liquid that it's moving, so that would seem that it would be Asr, uh, even if it's not Matfichen. So why did Rabbi tell me that as long as it's still wet on there, that it's a problem, even if it's not wet anymore, it's Asr. Says the Gemara, "Tamech emereisha." We'll quote to you the beginning of that. Cause man shmatfichin huda aser. As long as it's matfiach, as long as it's still liquid, it's forbidden to say shema there. Harushum and nikashari implies that if it's even even if it's not totally gone, but as long as it's not still liquid, it's mutter. That price is inconclusive for the purpose of this halachic shayla. Lemekitanai. Says the Gemara, you know what? It's probably a machlekes in different tanaim in the earlier sources. There was a chamber pot that spilled out, that leaked, and there was meraglayim that spilled out of it, urine. You cannot say shema there. But uh, meraglayim themselves that spilled, nivlu, if it got absorbed into the ground, mutter. Rabbi said it depends whether it's still dripping, still moving or not. Still liquid flowing. My nivlu, my loy nivlu, the karma tanakama. What does the tanakama mean to teach us that he's arguing with Rabbi Yaisi? If it means absorbed, means that it's no longer at all liquid on the top of the ground. And Rabbi is coming to be lenient and tell you that even if it's not liquid, even if it's Still recognizable that there was urine there. It's mutter that Hainu Tanakama. Tanakama is not arguing on that point. He agrees that it doesn't have to be uh, totally gone as long as it's not matfiach. It's mutter. Ela nivlu de einu shumen nicker loy nivlu de shumen nicker. So it has to be Tanakama is taking a very stringent approach over here. The first opinion this last Bryce has cited is telling you that if it's loy nivlu. If it's not absorbed in the ground that we said that it's forbidden, is even the Rishum and Nikar, that it just has an imprint still left on the ground. And tell you that it's actually, even if you know that there was urine there, if it's not still liquid on top of the ground, it's mutter. Says the Gemara, we don't like that approach. Like, no, the Kuliyama calls man there's a no-brainer that there's not an opinion in the world that will tell you that if there's urine sitting on the ground and it's liquid and it's tra- able to travel, that it's going to be forbidden to say Shema in that area. Harashum and Nikashari will even tell you if there's nothing left to it, but yes, you can tell on the ground that there was liquid there earlier, that it's mutter to say Shema. Everybody's going to agree, give you that. The machlekes has to be where there's enough wet left uh, to get other things wet, in such an extreme, in such a case that there's a dispute. <coughs> that Rabbi Yaisi says, since there's liquid over there, it's uh, <coughs> you don't need that it should be so much liquid in order to get other items wet. 
as long as the ground still has a little bit of moisture piled on top of it, even though if you were to put something down there, that item would not be able to absorb the moisture that is left, and you still can't say Shema. The Chacham say, in such a case, you could say Shema, only if there's enough liquid there, that enough urine on the ground, that if you were to drop something into it, it would become wet itself, that's when you can't say Shema. Tanakama is lenient, and the Rebbeis is Nachman. Why does that apply to crusty excrement? So, this last... Clarification did not help us for excrement. It only helped us for the urine. When the Gemara said, My hobby, Allah, the Gemara, you're asking a good point. The Gemara never got back. No, the Gemara never got back to to Cheres, to Tzaya. Right? The Gemara brought down a Machlekes, a Meimar, and Marzutra. Right? And Rabba said, Hilkes, Tzaya, Kecheres, Asura. Um, but it seems like we're allowing, we're, we're, we're leaving that, that helps the Tzayakacheres. The Gemara brought prices for, for Meraglayim, for, for, for liquid waste, but the Gemara couldn't bring any more rias on that. So we're going to have to assume Tzayakacheres is Aser. Like Rava, who said that uh, even if it's hardened, a, a solid waste will still be a problem, even if it's uh, like Cheres, even if it's uh, like pottery. Correct. The, the Gemara is busy with Bryces, and we want a conclusion, but we don't have, uh, on that, we, we're left with Rava, we don't have a riot from the Bryce. Says the Gemara. To the conclusion that when it's like dust, then it's prohibited, it's uh, permitted. Uh, the only halakha conclusion that the Gemara said was Rava that said when it's like cheris, it's prohibited. When it's like pottery, even when it's like pottery, it's prohibited. More than that is beyond the scope of the daf. Uh, that, yeah, you're right. The Gemara, we want more details. You gave us all these details and cases of of of, of uh, Meirik Lion. We want, uh, uh, yeah. Best to avoid. second line down. Yarad Litzvul and Yachalalis. Now, if you remember, where is this a quote from? A Mishnah that we had a very long time ago, but it wasn't such a long time ago. It was Chaf Beis Amid Beis, right? Josh, you remember this Mishnah? Okay, right? Okay. Uh, and the Gemara, the Mishnah, third, um, Chav Beis and Beis, 22b, third ultra-wide line down, says as follows, uh, uh, second one, Litvol im yachal, uh, yalo, somebody went to go, Bitaival, they're in the mikvah, and they realize it's Neitzachama, it's time to say Shema and Shema Nesri right away, so what should they do? They don't have enough time to come out and get dressed and to say Shema in the best possible time. So the Mishnah said they should cover up. If they don't have enough time for that, Cover themselves up with water, and uh, and they should say Shema. Uh, very interesting. Uh, says the Gemara, three lines down in Chafei Amid Beis. Lema Tana Stamak This sounds to us like Rebbe opinion. What does Rebbe Yezer say? Rebbe taught us that you can only say Shema up until that Neitzachama, the first uh, sunrise. Up until sunrise. Otherwise, what, what's the proof? What's the proof? The, the Mishnah said that if you can't do it, yeah, that's the Mishnah. If you can't do it before Nitzchama, then uh, come out and get dressed before Nitzchama, then do it, cover yourself and do it in the Nitzchama. It's a weird Mishnah. That's the Mishnah. Why did Mishnah come with Nitzchama? What about three hours of the day? Mazain, that he holds like Rebbe Yezer, which we had on what daf? What daf did we have Rebbe Yezer on? First what, right? You said that you only have, you don't have three hours. You only have to say it by Nates. <coughs> I thought we had by um, the... the I had it for the later. The, 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 the they would also speak to the Tula. Uh, right? 
It yeah. seems like before, if you're, if you're, is the implication here that somebody is going to say, Be'er Kriyashma, Kriyashma, and, and Davin Shimon Esri all within the mikvah? Um, it, it, based on that Mishnah, you want to say? Yeah. Because it sounds like, if that's not the case, because the Mishnah just talks about Kriyashma, right? So if they're just saying Kriyashma in the mikvah, is it better to say Kriyashma before Netzachama? Um, by itself, then, or is the whole point of saying Krishna before Nitzchama in order to be able to say Shmanesri at Nate? So you want to say what's going to happen? So good. So you got in Shema. Now what? That's what you're okay. asking, basically. You already accomplish. Um, I think in the Gemara is Havamina, which we are at right now. Yeah. I think you're, you're at Maskana will change and. Two seconds, but I think in the Gemara's the Gemara's original thought was that I'm not worried about the seeking. I'm not worried about davening Shema and Esra at the right time. I'm worried about fulfilling my obligation of saying Kriya Shema in its proper time. I, I, that's what I want to say. And then the proper time for Krishma is right before Nates. Is, is right before Nates. Okay. I, I'm still stuck with the problem of Shema and Esra. Why not answer what to do? Answer is I was never planning. Right. I was never according to. The Havamina, I have no interest in Dalman Shmana Esther now. I'm in the mikvah. You know what I mean? Says the Gemara. Yarad Nachamal. Let's start again. Third line from the top, 25b. Lema Tana Stamak Rebeliazad, Hamara Nezachama. Says Gemara Filte Rebbe Yeshua. Right? All those sheets were brought down on Bezam and Bez. Vidilma Kavasikin. And maybe he's actually doing that practice like the Vasikin. That says that that they would finish the Shema and start the Shema Esrei with Neitzachama. The Imlav is Now, and that also doesn't present to me a question because even if I want to do now that you tell me I'm not dealing with an essential fulfilling my biblical obligation of uvekumecha saying Shema at the time that you awaken, which according to Rebbe expires at the time that people, like who ever heard of somebody sleeping in bed past nights, right? You know, uh, not, a, not in the Brugger, not, 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 not in Friar's household. It's oh, nobody yeah, sleeping yeah, yeah. past nights. That I can promise you. Yeah, uh, you know, that we know. Um, uh, okay, so, uh, but once it's a Shiloh of Davening Vasikin, Davening Vasikin is not a halachic mandatory thing. That's a nice thing to do. So that already, we're not worried that he's saying Shema now in the mikvah and then he'll get dressed. Says the Gemara, because we've got to move. Now what happens if he doesn't have enough time? I thought they didn't have clocks in those days, but obviously they were able to calculate the, they could see the sun rising, and they were, or they could see the sun rising. If you go to the beach, if you go to the beach, you're going to see the sun like it's mamash. All of a sudden, that sun is up. You can, if you're, I guess in those days, they, they knew how to look at how much light there was, and they knew so how many seconds they had left. The present in the base Mikdash that was given to, uh, that illuminated exactly when it was uh, Right, but they weren't in the base Mikdash. But yeah, yeah, no, I hear. Yeah, there were ways. So you don't have enough time to get dressed, quickly say Shema. This is the old question. We're back to that discussion that you still don't have a separation between your parts, the anatomy that has to be covered, and a person's heart. Water that was not clear. We were taught that so it's like your body is planted in the land because the water is not clear. There's a further discussion on this in Shulchan Aruch at the end of Hilchas Nida, which if you're doing Shaivim, Shiurim here, I'm sure there is Shaivim discussion, Shiurim, Rabbi Shrek, 
and you will come to that, how does a woman make a bracha of tefillah when she goes to the mikvah, this discussion comes up. What happens if it's clear water? Sit in it till your neck and reach or stir up the bottom of the water with your feet and that will cause dirt to come up and will give you coverage. And of course you can always fall back on the Ebrisa, the opinion that we had previously that in fact there is no halakhic problem with Libra Says Gemara, What about the fact that your your uh, your um, your 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 foot is uh, also should be considered uncover uh, area which you have to cover? What happens if your erva, your male anatomy parts are touching your feet? When you're saying Shema, Abay Amar that's not per- permitted. Rav Amar Mutter. Rav says there's no conflict. Rizvid Masni La Shmaitzach. Rizvid taught us as follows. Rav Chinna Berei the Rav Ika Masni La Hachin. Negea Divrei Akol Aser. They taught us that if your uh, feet are touching areas which are meant to be covered, which the Torah describes as erva, then everybody agrees that it's forbidden to say Shema. Raya, but if it just is visible to it, Abay Amar Aser Rav Amar Mutter. Why is it mutter? If because the Torah was not given to angels. Rashi says we are people. We are human beings with all the features that human beings come with, and it's unrealistic for us to be uh, to ne- never be able to say Shema with. Uh, our parts exposed. We have to go to the mikveh. We have to bath, etc. We have to sleep, and therefore we're not as stringent. The helchasam. What's the halacha? Negeya aseraya mutter. And that, in fact, is the halacha that as long as a person is not touching their body, is not touching their feet, are not touching their male anatomy, then they are allowed to say shema if they're in water, amr, or something covering. Even if there is. A, between the no separation between their heart and their erva. Amar Rabba, Tsayyab uh excrement that's in a chamber pot. Mutalikus Kriyashma Kanegda. So you're allowed to say Shema there. Erva ba sorry, Ashashius is a, a frosted glass, opaque, an opaque uh, chamber pot. Erva uh, ba if the erva is separated. If there is a part of a body which is meant to be covered, which is separated by frosted glass, also the Kriyashma, for that it doesn't help. Konegda tsaya bashashi is mutil Kriyashma, Konegda tsaya bikiso italia, Konegda. What's the difference? The tsaya bikiso italia milsa, baha milsa, erva bashashi is also. Liquors creation my connective layer bachar evas daver amrachmana bachar kamaschana schazia. When it comes to tsaya, when it comes to human refuse, so the Torah's requirement is that it shall not be present, it, 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 that it shall be covered. So a frosted glass cover, even though you know and you can even see possibly what's inside the chamber pot, that there is tsaya present, that there is refuse that's there, but still you did your job, you did what the Torah asked you to do to cover it up even if it's a uh, opaque glass. But uh, when it comes to erva, even if you covered it, but if you covered it with a plastic sheet or with something which doesn't actually cover it, so then you still have the same halachic problem. Amr Abaye. Tzaya kalshu mevatla b'raik. 
You can cover up excrement if it's a tiny drop with spit. Rava says thick spit. Uh, so you cover it, you, you, you spit on it, and it gets covered over. If there's a hole with excrement in it, you can put your shoe over the hole and say Shema. If you have stuck to your foot uh, excrement, what's the halacha? Teku. We don't have an answer. If there's a naked Gentile standing there, can you say Shema or not? No, you cannot say Shema. What's the distinction? He says, We didn't have a question that if there's a Jew standing there and he's not dressed, that that's a problem. The question was that a non-Jew, since the Torah does make a comparison, the Pasuk says in Yechezkel that the, the, the skin, uh, the flesh, is like that of a flesh of a donkey. So therefore, I might think that it poses no problem. Somebody who's not Jewish doesn't have a problem with creating an unholy sight it, when, with regards to saying Shema, Kamash Milan, that it's still called Erba, just like we saw by Noah's, uh, by Noah. Says the Gemara, Back to our Mishnah, we said the water cannot be uh, dirty water. You cannot cover with any type of this dirty water. And how much can you have in, how much urine can you have in the water that it should present a problem with saying Shema? You have to pour water on top of it and then you can say Shema. It depends how the circumstances were set up. If there was urine there from before, then you have a machlekes, whether you need a revius or not to, to nullify the existing amount. But if a person had water and then a little bit of urine went into it, that's a different story. So he said to his Gabbai, bring me a revius of Mayim to show that the halacha is that you need a revius log, a measurement of, uh, to, to nullify any uh, existing urine that's there. We're running late. Let's try and get a few more lines. Turn around on you have a also licorice kriyashma connected. You have a abit was a was a chamber pot, right? Toilet. So even if it's empty, even if the chamber pot is empty, you still have a problem with saying shema. And of course, if there is urine there, you need to. We just learned you need to pour water in it to, to nullify it. And we have that machlokes whether you need a certain amount or not. No matter where it's placed in the bedroom, this chamber pot. If it's behind kaira you don't have a conflict with Nehemita if it's in front of the bed in a then you need to distance yourself even if your house is a hundred Amos large you cannot say Shema 
if you have a chamber pot, you have a, a, a basket, a, a basin with urine in it inside that room, you cannot recite the Shema. What exactly did we mean? How do we interpret those two previous statements with... How does it help where it's positioned in re- re- relevance to the bed? Tashima will bring a proof to Tainim, Shimon Lazarim. Akamita Kermiadov Namita Markagamas, Shimon Lazarim, I feel the base may Amala, you crash, you see him, and you can talk to Samita, Bon Ifshitalan Masisa Kashin, Adadi. Says the Gemara, good. So you gave me answers from this Mishnah on. But you didn't answer up the conflict in the in the Stira and the Brises. Says Gemara, Apach Basraisa, Macha, flip. The names of the last one says Gemara Machazis the Ibchas Besraisa Eibuk Kamaisa Man Shom Le Da Amer Kuli Bayis Karba Amos Dami Rabbi Shimon Lazar He Isn't there an opinion that's taught to us already that Rabbi Shimon Lazar holds your entire room doesn't matter how big it is is all considered as one shear of Dalar Amos of four cubits Rabbi Yisroel Bar Minei Merabuna We ask the following Shaila Mita Pachas Mishloisha Pshitli Delakavet Dami so again, if it's a small bed, um, okay, if underneath the bed, there's less than three, it's considered attached to the ground. Three through nine is my question whether that's considered a separate area or not. I don't know. If the bed is ten tefachim high, I'm about that. I know that's considered a mechitza. It's good that you answer that way. So if you have a space underneath the bed up to three, we said is considered like. Uh, it's connected to the ground, and therefore anything that's placed underneath it that's dirty, we will consider to be covered. Over ten, you have a mechitza. In between that amount, we have a sh- we have a shaila, and th- we will see tomorrow what the answer is with the resumption of the chafem day's last line.